Hello and welcome to our Transfer Window Special. I'm delighted to say that at the beginning of this January window, we've got something very, very interesting for all of you in store. I'm Ian McGarry and joining me as always is Duncan Castles, but much more importantly, I'm delighted to say we are joined by one of the leading technical directors in world football, a man who most of you, our listeners, are familiar with. He has uh, made his name working at Real Madrid, uh, Monaco and Lille, as well as coaching in Portugal. And his work has generated over, and get this, one billion euros in transfer fees from players who he has identified, recruited and then sold on by the clubs that he has worked for. It is, of course, Mr. Luis Campos. Welcome to the pod, Luis. Thank you. Thank you, Ian. Thank you. Thank you, Duncan. First of all, I want to thank you for the invitation to, to participate in this podcast. It is an honor to be here and exchange ideas with you about this wonderful game that is football. And you give to me the opportunity to speak, uh, to, to practice my English because I stayed last eight years in France and this is a good opportunity for me too. Thank you very much. A man who generates more than a billion euros in player sales, Luis, I think English is your last worry. <laughs> as well as the fact <laughs> your English is very good. Um, let's just start with, with right today. The, the, the window opened obviously on Saturday. Um, we're in a very strange period, Luis, uh, regarding the pandemic and also yeah. the economic situation in football. What's your expectations of what will happen in the next three to four weeks with regards to transfers around Europe and indeed globally? I think that this, this market will reflect the current situation that everyone goes through. A few days ago, I, I heard an economic expert say that the market values would be at the level of the, the year 2015. So I think that right now there are more clubs' borders thinking about selling players and lowering salaries because there are many clubs in deficit then club borders wanting to please coaches and fans who habitually take advantage of the January market to make adjustment to their squad and become more competitive. It, it was a moment that demands a lot of responsibility from the managers and that demands more creativity and patience from the coach and supporters. I, I I do not believe in uh, markets with many economic movements or or large amounts of money. I, I do not believe. It is and could be a great opportunity for clubs to create new forms of business, namely by exchanging players in the form of loans or or the sharing of player past property. Is, is a difficult moment for for everybody and for the football too. Luis, in, in, the, in the summer window, which obviously was also affected by this pandemic, the equal highest transfer fee commitment um, paid by a club was for one of your signings, um, 80 million euros that you achieved from Napoli for Victor Asimhen. Um, can you see another of the players that you signed for Leo uh, before you left the club? Sven Botman uh, being a player who moves in this window and perhaps being a player that achieves the highest transfer fee in this January window as well? Sven Botman is perhaps for, for many the biggest revelation of this first phase of the biggest five championship. Uh, very few tools that he could play at at this level, and I think it is it will still 
evolve more. Economically speaking, I think he exploded at the, the, the wrong time. <laughs> but, but as I said a moment ago, I do not uh, for easy that there will be transfers in January with the value of that of Vitor Ozime. Botman is a player with a big potential. Uh, I believe in next season they play the the high level, high high level. But economically, this is not the the the, the time for this kind of price like like Vitor Ozime. No, not to reach that price clearly because Lille, as well as most of the clubs in France, are affected by the uh, the media pro um, issues and having less revenue yeah. from broadcast. But I, I guess if we're expecting a depressed market, um, maybe we can expect some of the, the clubs who have a little bit of, of money left, um, such as the English clubs, to take advantage of, of Lille's situation and try and get a player like Botman. Um, at, a, at a cheaper price than, than the one you would have expected him to achieve from that evolution um, when you signed him from Ajax in the summer. But but in my opinion, Lille have to, in this moment, the opportunity to, to, to win the championship because uh, the reality is the best year of the, the, the whole project. So Lille have, um, in my opinion, a very, very good team, a very, very good coach, a very, very good conditions for this season. Uh, take take the, the 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 title, take its its champion of France, and um, I like the mentality. Uh, I I think is a great opportunity for for the club. I think uh, the club need made made need thinking very well before before selling uh, selling players like like Sven Botman. You you've been there before, of course, with with Monaco, um, the, taking the French title from Paris Saint Germain from the Qatar owned club with the the second most expensive squad in in world football. Tell us a bit about how you went about building that squad of great talents at Monaco that could that were was able to achieve that on a far smaller budget than the, their main competitor in the league I, I understand the question and I, I will answer but the truth is that I, I appreciate my work more for the change for the better the level of many players previously like no to the general public and also for the level of game quality and sport results that these two clubs did mm-hmm. then for the money that this transfer made but i i realized that a long time ago that more and more club management cannot be done at different speeds the sporting side of a club must go alongside the economic side and vice versa. And I went through this dilemma very recently. We can't have a club at two speeds. In answer to the question, I, I think that in these two projects, we practically triplet the investment. In, in four years, of players chosen by me and my work team at Monaco for one investment of around 300 million, we have very close to a billion euros in, in sales in four years. In Lille, in three years, for about 125, 135, millions, we did close to 350 to 400. So for me, the most importantly, too, is I I live a herd that in normal market, 
not under these current conditions is worth more than 300 million euros in lil so in this economical side i think we made a, a, a good job Lush, i'm intrigued by the success rate that you have achieved and yes i i know i hear you when you say you're mentioning your scouts as well but one of the hardest things in football i know from working in the industry for 25 years now is identifying a player with potential but it's even harder to identify a player who has talent and potential and then identifying a player who is going to realize that and become a great player rather than just one with talent and the possibility of being a top footballer. Uh, is there a secret to that? Is it, uh, what, I mean, is there, can you give us some insight into how you identify and then develop those players? And obviously, Kylian Mbappe is a brilliant example. Someone who has rocketed uh, from being a player with raw talent to being one of the best players in the world. Uh, it's, uh, I'm very, I'm very classical in this, but, but, um, I, I understand very well the importance of a very, a very good scouting. Uh, today is the most important, the, the most difficult is not to say, this player is good. This player is a top player. If I come with my brother to the stadium, I believe my brother say this is the best player in this game, and and uh, I normally give the, the the right answer. But the most difficult is made the projection of this player in my team in the ADN of my club, in the style of playing of my team, in the profile of player like my my coach think is better for the team. So made the projection is the most difficult in this in this in, in scouting. Uh, we need we need stood very well because make a team uh, is like an architect, a good architect. Uh, is like made a puzzle. Uh, sometimes you you buy a top right back, a very offensive right back. But in front of him, you you have a top winger too and this winger the best skill is one by one against one in the line so maybe this top right back very offensive right back he need the space in front of him for attacking maybe is not the player you need for your puzzle is beautiful in the final. So, made a good scouting is not only is not only statistics. Statistics is very important in scouting. In, in scouting, is not uh, only see the games, but is to understand the game. Is understand very well my team. Is understand very well a projection very well this player in in my team so i think is a part of success and after and uh, the people every time forget this situation is you need the philosophy of the club in the philosophy of the club you need give the opportunity to these players playing 
So sometimes you take a top players and these players don't have the opportunity. I, I speak every time in three different speeds for one talent arriving and uh, made success. It depends if he's young, depends on the age of maturation. No, we have different peoples with the different stage of maturation. So sometimes the player have 20 years and uh, thinking like a man with uh, 35. <laughs> or sometimes you have a players with uh, 35 years old and singing like a boy with 16. So <laughs> uh, a different age, different maturation, different speeds. And uh, the second speed is the adaptation to a new situation. So sometimes go more fast, uh, speak the, the same language, the food is different, the people is different, the coach is different. And the, the last speed, it's speed to we're having the, the right moment for playing, the opportunity to playing. Sometimes in front of him, he have a top player and he is a top player too. And the opportunity don't, don't arrive. So it's, a, it's, it's complex, but um, with a good, and top philosophy in the club, uh, we are arriving in the in the best way. So, so what you're saying, Luis, is you can't just do it by picking the most talented players, even if you have a the biggest budget in football. You can't just go and say, "I want these 22 players who are the best 22 players in the European game." You have to take into account not only the identification of the talent, but also the philosophy of the club, what the what the supporters expect to see and, and the history of the club and the coach they're working with, the kind of football he wants to play. And all of this within the context of matching one player to the rest of the team because they have to work as a unit rather than as a, a group of individuals on the pitch. Yes, the football is a is a collective sport, <laughs> not individual sport, it's a collective sport. If you want playing well, you need playing with the good players too. And the most important for me is like the the the, the, the teamwork. So you you need you need create Neuronius, you need to create the good links with everybody. Sometimes you take the best. So if if you made an exercise, you take the best 11 players in the world and you put him in playing the Premier League. Maybe you are not champion. Maybe. Because um, sometimes these players don't linking well, don't, don't, um, the, the characteristics, the potential, uh, don't make the right connections. Uh, and, uh, I, I, I believe is very important, is very important, uh, stood, like you say, uh, you need no, the city, the club, its story, the DNA, and after with what style of player the fans cheer, what team's game model and profile of player they desired by the coach. And then they, they, I like then compare and discuss with me or which players in an can enter in our puzzle. The, the architecture of a team is much more complex than choosing only good players. You need to project them on our team, understand your connection with other teammates, understand 
what our coach is going to ask you to do. Designing a player who plays in another league with other players in other forms or styles of play and placing him in our team, in our puzzle, is, is not for everyone. The projection is for, my opinion, is for real experts. The scouting process is much more complex than, than most people think. And uh, I, I still maintain a very classic side, even using IT technology in my, in my algorithm. Uh, to, to finish this topic, I, I leave two small provocations. Isn't easier in the in this COVID time make more mistakes in scouting? Why? You have all heard of players who are phenomenal in trainments. And then with the stadium full of fans and more pressure, they disappear. Is this not the time for this type of player? When the public returns, will some of the players who revealed themselves in the last year, these players play at the same level? So, I'm thinking in that. And the second provocation is, why invest in scouting if the club does not create conditions for these players to express and or develop their full potential? So the, the, the scouting process is, is complex and needs stood and hours and hours for understand what is the best player for the building a top team. You, you mentioned the investment in scouting there and, and the ability for that investment to be um, turned into something effective on the field. I'm, I'm interested in, in the number of scouts you use um, at your clubs because we have, we have some clubs in the Premier League who've spent millions of pounds on building a network of up to 60 scouts um, working in tandem with very expensive uh, analytic data and analysis teams. Um, if I recall correctly, at Monaco, you worked with just six super scouts, I think you called them. Mm -hmm. Is it, do, you, do you still, are you still able to do the job and outcompete other teams with just six scouts as opposed to 60 that a, that a Premier League club might have? Yeah. Uh, I can talk a little bit about my, my method that I started to develop more specifically when I worked at Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. I developed my, my own algorithm. All details count, even the, the smallest. The statistical, the data results allow me a brutal reduction in the number of players to study. It's true. Okay. Observations on video and then exhaustively live for me are essential. As well as the new tools that allow us to better understand the mental profile of a player. But I like the comparative method. So I'm not in favor of very large scouting teams. I like, I like, like I say before, discuss with my scouts. Uh, first, get to know the city, the club, the story of the club, the DNA of, of the club, what style of player the fans cheer, and what the team's game model, profile of player desired by the coach, and then discuss how, how, how how each player in analysis can enter better in, in our puzzle. So uh, I, I, I like I like a comparative method. In the moment we take the decision, um, I like to discuss with my six 
with me seven super scouts for for this comparison player by player with the best in the in the last uh, six numbers always really for 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 our quantity of money <laughs> what is really the best player for our team Luis, there's been a big movement um, in recent years towards science-based uh, uh, analysis of football players. Uh, obviously, statistics and data analysis has played a massive mm -hmm. part. Would you ever recommend signing a player unless you'd met the player face-to-face, -face, spoken to him, spoken to his family, and found out about what he's like as a person? Of course. So, for me, for example, some, I say before I'm very classic too in this, in, in my algorithm. I give to you an example. Uh, I, I go one hour before the game. I'm If I go see playing in life, one hour before I'm in the stadium. Why? Because... I, I like to the, the the body language of the player in the warm-up. For me, it's very important. I like after the game or in the week, maybe dinner or take some minutes with the player for understand this body language. Uh, I remember in my life two or three episodes I change my idea in the moment I understand better the, the, the mentality or the level of the player in, the, in, in this discussion. So uh, the, the, the high level is for, is for smart people too. So I, I, think, I think we need to understand very well the, the mentality of the player and um, the, the the body language is fundamental and and I I believe too in the in the today with the, with the, the Instagram Facebook is possible to do the personality you are more near to understand the, the mental profile of of the player. So today, today we have we we have these tools for for understand the, 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 the profile, the mental profile. And the mental profile is if you want building a, a top team, the mental profile is it's very, very important. You you talk about exhaustively watching players, Luis. I, I yeah. believe in 2018, you received an award from, from an airline company for traveling more miles on their planes than any other customer in that year. Because uh, if you pay, okay, and the prices of flail, five after 10 finish with 20 million for one player uh, it's, it's not possible made a mistake <laughs> so you you need is much money you need you need to understand very well if he's the right player for your team so you need to the player exhaustively you need you need I, I think the data analysis is very very important but I I believe too in this sensibility you need you need to understand very well the player you need see him playing many times in life for understand if he's possible he made for example uh, central back 
in this position is like is married <laughs> with the other central bank you have in the team. If if you take other, it's like a marriage. Mm -hmm. So you need you need the it's not possible to make the mistakes. It's very expensive if you made a mistake. So we need to work a lot for understand if if he's the best the best player. How many miles did you fly that year in 2018? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. It's because it's the time for building this team of Lille now. Mm -hmm. And um, because you don't make, you don't building a team in one year, you need normally for like a projects, projects like Lille and Monaco, we need uh, three years for three four years for the team is in the in the in the height um, in the height level so we need travel a lot for you need to work a lot not only travel because you travel a lot you see the players for in in the world for every parts of the world but after I remember, you go. I go to 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 Mexico for see two games or three games, and I return for see my team my team playing, and I'm in the first tournament of the week, because we need put the the, the we need to work in the philosophy of the, of the club. We need put this super mentality to win. Inside the club, so you need to give the conditions for your players, for your coach, for everybody near to the to to team. So uh, this is a sport director. is is a complex to is a complex uh, a complex job, but it's fantastic. Luis, perhaps you could give a practical example of how you operate in terms of identifying a player. So, for instance, we know that Manchester United are looking for a left-sided, left-footed centre-back <laughs> to play beside Harry Maguire. Now, if you were mandated to find one for them, who do you think would be on your recruitment list and how would you go about that? Although I know this Manchester United well, I think I would need to study the, the situation, the situation much much more deeply. So there there are not many names of central backs with left foot uh, who can play for United. There are not many. You are one or two. With the big experience, but uh, you are only two or three more names, young young players with strong potential, and with these characteristics to playing in in Manchester United. No more. Everybody speak about Botman, for example, and Botman Botman could be a good, good, very good candidate. We have a good potential, but Man United has al always been one of the best academy in, in, in the world. Uh, I think today Rashford is one of the best players in the world. Just uh, just as I, I really appreciate McTominay, for example, or Greenwood. P perhaps in the academy there, there is a player with these characteristics. That's that is why I say that before deciding, it is not it is necessary to study each case a lot. The solution is often at home, other times not. So, I believe in work. I believe we need stood very well, and uh, United is one. Manchester United is one of the best five clubs in the world. And it's not possible made mistakes, so we need made a perfect, a perfect 
decision, perfect job. Luis, we've talked a lot about the the importance and the, and the way you go about identifying talent, but you kind of mentioned that the technical director job isn't simply about recruitment. There's, there's other sides to the position that are important if you want to build a, a winning football team. What, what do you, what, in your experience at Monaco and Leo, also at, at Real Madrid, um, when you were working primarily on the scouting side, what are those aspects of being a technical director that you have to have on top of getting the recruitment right? Scouting is an important part of the job of a modern sport director. But but the role of sport directors sport director requires many other skills. Managing and coordinating the team sport project is fascinating. It practically absorbs your whole day. To be a sport director is to be the the guardian of the sports project. You can adapt to the circumstance, but you cannot change direction all the time. So, So you have to create conditions so that the coach and the players can play their role to the utmost perfection. All the little details count. You can you can only demand the maximum. We are talking about height competition. If you show them that you give the maximum, so every day the level of demand is very high. To win one match day, the levels of demand, rigor, discipline, and focus, concentration must also be at the maximum level on training days. You have to meeting, to organize, building, I don't know, develop, coordinate the technical department, the medical department, the player care teams, the performance optimization teams, analyzing teams, the press conference, the security. So everything has to work with the utmost rigor, demand, and teamwork. Everyone who contact players and coach knows that they have to work to win. This philosophy has to exist inside the club. When I started playing very, very young, the coach did everything. Today, a good sport director helps a good coach to be a better coach and vice versa. Why? Because it allows him to concentrate more on the task of training, preparing the game, the game, managing egos. Being a coach is such an arduous and busy task, especially with the incredible increase in the number of, of games. The trainer must be focused on the essential of his work. You you cannot waste and disperse energy in small problems. And every day there are small problems. And the sum of small problems usually become later a big problem. So that's because, in my opinion, made the good scouting is, is very, very important. But if you want, is a top modern sport director requires many other many other skills Luis uh, could you just tell us how your relationship with Jose Mourinho came about and and what it was like to work with them at Real Madrid uh, for those two years between 2011 and 2013 Jose is a, Jose is a is a great friend. And my experience with him in Real Madrid is amazing experience. Um, not only with him, but with the players too. In this moment, I understand, for example, with what, 
what is the difference of these top top players and the other players um, if if you see a game in Champions League with the best teams uh, the, and uh, you put a, a TV you see in TV in another TV other game from uh, other championship the difference in these players in the in this moment in the modernity of football is the reception of the ball and the first touch so if the player don't don't recept don't have a good reception or first touch is not possible playing in the high level uh in this moment in Madrid, I remember the players like uh, Benzema, Cristiano, I don't know, Ozil, top, top players. And uh, the, the big difference is the, the, the reception is sinking. So not everybody's possible made this reception of the ball. Not everybody's possible playing. Not for everybody is possible playing in one touch. So with Jose, I have the opportunity to understand the importance of Ricard, the demand, the the the, the every day give the maximum, the importance of the work. So uh, it's this past, this these moments in Madrid for me is uh, is amazing school of of life is amazing school of the university is <laughs> the is the the the, the doctor man for 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 understand well what is the 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 the, the best football in the world. You, you mentioned the, the speed of play um, being important in the modern game. Um, can you talk a bit more about that and um, the, what, what you focus on on top of that, that receiving the ball in the first touch um, when you're assessing players for different leagues? Mm -hmm. Because the... the in the last uh, 10 years, 15 years, maybe, you have, a, you have a big changement in in the conditions for training and conditions for for playing. You have a big, big changement. Lately, the training and game conditions have evolved very quickly which forces the new profile of players today. Plans are fast and almost always perfect. Even when it rains too much, the sweaters don't get heavier in the rain. The player boots look like made in NASA in their good times. <laughs> which changes the, the, the most. The, my opinion is the speed the speed of the ball and the distance the ball travels in a game in in the good teams she's bigger than the sum of the the, the, the 11 players in the game uh, so the ball what the I'll, ball the good in good teams the ball travels faster and further than the players do because we, we have lots of emphasis now on running statistics in modern football but you're saying that what's actually important is how quickly the team moves the ball rather than how how far they run as individuals i, I agree 100 percent is the difference in the in the last 10 50 years is the speed of the ball not only the speed of the players, of course. If you are not fast, you are in difficulty in the in the modern game. 
but uh, with the, the conditions of the fields, new stadiums, trainment conditions, uh, the ball, and new balls, uh, everything is is uh, everything put more more speed in the ball. So that's because the modern player need his top in the in the reception the ball or in the first touch because everything is fast and uh, i say reception is sinking because before reception you need sinking so it's it, it made the difference in the in the in the in the football actual so I give to you one example. <clears throat> uh, I, I believe you, you have some top players 10, 50 years ago. It's not possible playing in this new football. But this verse is true. Maybe you have, because the football is completely different. Uh, maybe it's not for possible for for these new top talents playing like 10, 15 years ago with the, the fields not every time in good conditions with the, the sweaters with the more three kilos. So it, it is uh, the speed of the ball playing fast not only running fast is is the, the most important in the actual football. Something else that, that's changed in, in modern football is the one, the salaries and the salaries for players who are relatively early stages in their career. So you have Premier League clubs paying sometimes over £30,000 a week to academy um, signings. And the, the, the media's profile and, and social media profile of the players and their ability to uh, express themselves directly to supporters and, and question the direction of their clubs at times in, um, via those social media channels. How important as a technical director is it to, to deal with those two factors? when you're building a, a winning football team? The, 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 new, the new generation of players works completely differently than players from five or ten years ago. The, the stimuli to which they, they were educated are completely different. It is the time of high-tech and digital. I, I, I often play with them and say that they are the PlayStation generation. <laughs> it is, it's the PlayStation generation for me. They, they, they sleep less, hit worse, and spend more hours in the PlayStation than training or recovering for, for the next game. The stimuli have to have light, color, movement, and, and that is good. But if you lose it, no problem. It doesn't have a big consequence. If you, if you will know that you lost, why? Because most of the time, you don't know who you are playing against. You don't know them personally. So you can reset and play again right away. You do not suffer a few days for for having lost. <laughs> you are not criticized in the press the next day. You can compete all the time and you play alone against another. So you make you make the decision yourself. You have no other person to say what you should do. Growing up without a, a street has made them more selfish because they spend much more time alone. 
there is less sense of team. There is a much worse relationship with hierarchies. They they don't like others to decide for them because they are used to deciding and their harm. And and these often cause strong conflicts between generations. Even with the older players in in the local room. There is a huge amount of work to be done in the players' academies so that they can quickly realize that there are hierarchy to respect, times to respect, orders to respect. The, the problem is not the, the PlayStation. I think the PlayStation is spectacular. The problem is to transfer to real life. And that is our responsibility. It is a responsibility of the elders. We have to re reformulate the, the way we educate. This, this extended weekend, I saw in TV about nine or 10 complete games from different championships. One of the warning signs of not respecting the hierarchies is the number of young players who protested when they were replaced by their coach. Amazing. There were more than 18% who had clearly visible gesture of dis disagreement and, and some with some gravity. So never has the number of these protests reached such a high level. This this causes major problem in a team's relationship. Players, in my opinion, have the right to think that they shouldn't be ones to leave the game. But but you have no right to protest in this moment. You have to respect the coach's decision. Maybe later in the first training session of the week, you can try understand why you left the game. But in this moment, you have to respect the coach's decision. And we have to work this aspect strongly in the academies. We have to educate for the better, not for the worse. So I think if the sport director is the guardian of a sport project by one, for one team, for one club, we have a big responsibility in this. We need to work in this very, very fast. You, you mentioned that analysis of, of players coming off the pitch, showing dissent. Um, was Bruno Fernandes being taken off before the end of the game against Aston Villa? Was that one of the matches you, uh, you watched? And would that qualify as his reaction when Solskjaer substituted him? Would that qualify as dissent in your analysis? You have more and more and more protested of the player for for understand uh, the, the the coach decision and I think this is not good for the team. I think this is not good for the club. So I think the new generation need understand the importance of the energy. Don't for me it's not important the name of the player. Mm -hmm. So Bruno Fernandes is a top player. Uh, he playing in one of the best teams in the world. He's a big example for 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 the young players. But uh, in my opinion, is is the, the 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 people with the bigger responsibility in the academies, in the clubs, needs made understand the players the importance of respect of the other sheet. If, if you still like that, I believe in the future you, we have a big we have a big problem. So maybe it's a good moment for everybody in this difficult moment made a good reflection. This is not good for the players. This is not good for coach. This is not good for sport direct. This is not good for the president. This is not good for the supporters. 
I, I, I believe we need Maida thinking thinking very, very well in, in this in this uh, situation. Luz, you officially left Lille um, in the last few days. What are your plans now in terms of your next uh, job uh, or your career path? I'm ambitious. <laughs> I'm ambitious. I, only a few days ago, I'm free. So I made, uh, in the last time, I made a big and uh, important reflections. Um, I don't know what's happening in the future, but with my with my ambition, with my capacity of work, I I think is a good moment for take a big project, um, maybe with the big names um, and. Um, Win championships and uh, more with more regularity. The last, the last, uh, uh, I have a big pleasure, big big pleasure in the last two projects. I work a big pleasure in Monaco, a big pleasure in in Lille. But maybe it's the moment to return to other style of club, to other style of project. So I need thinking in that. I need. I made my reflections, and uh, I wait for the best uh, situation for me. You, there's interest from the biggest clubs in in the biggest leagues in European football. Um, when you're making that decision, what what are the most important factors in deciding which club to go to? Because as you say, it is a different type of project. Um, Monaco and Leo to going to one of the absolute elite clubs in world football. You're not buying players to make profits. It's more focused on getting those big decisions that we discussed earlier. Uh, you know, a left-sided central defender for Manchester United, exactly right, and delivering titles with, as you say, regularity. <laughs> My goal. My goal number one is to win. So, <laughs> <laughs> so because I, of course, in in Monaco, I don't win with the regularity. I win in like I win before in Madrid. Uh, but I I win my 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 project. I. I, it's a different win, <laughs> so yeah. it's a different kind of win. So in the moment, I I take the decision. Don't still in in Monaco, arriving the this proposal from Lille, and I say, okay, for me is I, I need proof for everybody is possible building. One second time, this kind of project, um, and my my work is there. So maybe it's the moment to, to I don't know. Maybe it's the moment to change for another kind of project with other typology, with other. But the goal number one is is to win. I I need win for live. So. Uh, I like work a lot. I'm a workman, so uh, I believe in the next uh, month. Uh, I hope take the best decision for 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 my life. Luis, would you like to work in the Premier League in England? The Premier League is. I'm I'm uh, I'm a big fan, a big supporter of. The style of playing in in England, I like the speed. I like to. I like the fast transitions. I like. I like this this style of playing. Um, I like the complex the complexity of the games. 
this big, a good coach, um, top players. <laughs> of course, if arriving a, a nice top project for me in England, uh, with a big pleasure uh, for me, I, I I go inside and I I I arriving with my my methodology, my 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 philosophy and and my my capacity to to a big capacity to work when when manchester united first started talking about appointing a director of football and it's obviously something they still haven't implemented um your friend jose Mourinho recommended you for that role do you see yourself working with jose again in the future at some point like I say, like I said before, Jose is a friend. He's a, a big friend, a great friend. So we we talk or exchange messages constantly. We have enormous respect for each other. We we do not live with the, the obsessions to return to work together. If it happens again one day, it will come with naturality. So. Uh, Jose for me is, is top friend, big, big friend. So I think it's, if one day it's possible work together, it will come naturally. So uh, I don't know what's happening in the future, but I, I, I think we, we don't have this obsession to, to return to work together. If it happens again one day, it will come naturally. Lush, we certainly hope to see you at some point working in the Premier League. Uh, you'll be very welcome here anytime. And uh, <laughs> we, we also thank you very much for the time you've given to us today and the fascinating insight into your work and your experience in football. Um, it has been a real pleasure and we're very grateful for that. I'm going to, because, because Luis, it's the, the transfer window podcast, I'm just going to return us to recruitment and signings for a final question. And um, I know it's a difficult one. Amongst all those players you've signed and who have gone on to be top performers in world football, which recruitment makes you most proud in, the, in, in perhaps the spotting of a player that others had cast aside who's turned into a, a top star, a top performer at um, Champions League winners or any of the of the many players you've you've signed in the past? It's a difficult question, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will speak special specifically of three or or four players now well known to English football fans. For example, Fabinho, today at Liverpool, was a brilliant deal for a spectacular player and person. I remember Fabinho in Marília, small small club in Brazil near São Paulo, in Copa São Paulo. And uh, after seeing Fabinho playing in Liverpool, for me, it's amazing sensation. I'm proud of him. For example, Anthony Martial, we buy him to Lyon for five million. And uh, Bernardo Silva, in the moment we take him for Monaco, he don't he don't play, did not play for Benfica. And now, the English public supporters is now discover, discovering the, the the Gabriel in Arsenal. We bought from Hawaii in Brazil for 3 million euros hmm. three or four years ago. So uh, I'm proud for, for this player. This player uh, everybody knows in England. And uh, so it's, it's, it's top players before nobody knew him. And now everybody recognizes him. The quality of of these players. So I'm I'm very proud for 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 
participated in in the moment, in important moment life life of this boy. Even just hearing you talk about those players, Luis, reminds us all exactly what an amazing job uh, you've been doing in your career. Um, given the amount of pleasure that uh, those players have given fans in the Premier League uh, since moving here. And it's been a real pleasure uh, to get your insight, uh, which has been fascinating, and to uh, hear your stories uh, of your work and experience today on this Transfer Window podcast special. Um, we hope to have you back on at some point in the future. And certainly, Thank uh, you. we would uh, love to see you, as I said, uh, working here in the Premier League in England at some point. Thank you very much, Luis Campos. Uh, if you have liked today what you have heard, then please uh, give us a five-star review on iTunes. You can subscribe to the Transfer Window podcast on YouTube. Please turn on all your notifications and you'll be first to be alerted when the next pod is published. Please join the discussion uh, with us there as well as at Transfer Podcast on our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And individually, Duncan is at Duncan Castles and I'm at Garbo SJ. That's it for today's very special Transfer Window pod. We will be with you later this week. Until then, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening. Yeah.